Let's just raise our hands to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Man, if you need hope this morning, let me tell you, you're in the right place because he is the hope giver. Right now, we just come before you, Lord, and we say thank you for who you are, for all you do. And today, we choose to come into the house of God, and we choose to give you the worship that is due to your name because you are so amazing, so good, so loving, so caring. We choose to give you glory today. We love you, Lord. Well, we want to welcome you this morning to Spruce Grove Community Church. Those of you watching online, we're glad you're with us today. I know God wants to do something special in the house. How many of you believe that this morning? He does. That's who he is. There's, um, for the last month, for the last month, I have been praying for the fire to fall. I have been in moments, um, we, we had a Parkland Wellness uh, Center meeting last week, and we were just praying for a community, and all I heard was the word revival. And I prayed for revival and the fire to fall. And this morning, this morning in prayer, I was like, hey, God, let your fire fall. And, 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 and as, we're, as we're worshiping this morning, I keep hearing the phrase, a faith built on emotions is a faith that will falter. And, and so often, especially growing up in church, like I would come to church and I would show up on a Sunday morning and, and I would be like, okay, well, if the worship team plays right, then, then I'll, I'll worship. If, 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 if this person says hello to me, um, then church will be good. If, <laughs> if that person I'm mad at isn't at church, then I will worship. And all of those attitudes and all of those heart positions that live in me and live in all of us are built on a faith that is faltering, that will falter. But there's a faith that when we step into, okay, God, what's your truth? Come on. When we step into a faith that's, God, what's your truth? God, what's your hope? God, what's your light? God, what's your direction? then we open our heart for God's fire to start. And I feel like as, as, as Miranda and Ben were singing those words this morning, that God was relighting burned out fires. And, and, and I feel like there is something that when we take a heart position of, okay, God, what are you doing? Okay, God, what direction you, are you going? That those fires, that that empty spots, that those uh, those broken, those those places that have felt dry for a very long time, God will start to light those areas on fire. God will start to burn. God will start to bring life where there has been no life. God will start to bring fire where there has not been fire. And when we say, "Okay, God, light a fire new in me," things change. And so, Ben and Miranda, I feel like we just need to sing that again. That, the fire. The fire. And, and I feel like wherever you're at, whatever you're comfortable, if you want to stand, if you want to sit, if you want to raise your hands, uh, if, if you want to jump where you're at, 
I feel like as we open our hearts to what God wants to do, that there are going to be fires lit all over this room. That there are going to be fires lit in our community. That there are going to be fires lit in our nation. And that we are going to see things um, that Corinne's ankle is going to be healed. We're going to see things we're not expecting. We're going to see God do new things. We are going to see our friends saved. We're going to see the people that we've been praying for for so long do a 180 and start coming back to Jesus. And so um, wherever you're at, if you want to close your eyes, if you want to lift your hand, as Ben and Miranda sing this again, let's, let's just let this wash over. Let's let this like sink into our hearts that God, you can have your way. You can move. God, light fires, light fires, light fires, burn, burn, burn. Let me tell you something. Months ago, I had a vision. And I'm one of those guys, I don't know, I don't get a lot of visions, right? I don't get a lot of dreams. I don't get a lot of that stuff, but sometimes I do, all right? And I remember a few months ago, I had this, uh, this vision, and it was, uh, you know, it's one of those visions where you're like, man, it feels like I'm there. I'm right in it. And it felt so real. And you just feel the Spirit of God on it, and you know there's something about it, right? It's not just like those random thoughts sometimes we have where I'm flying or I'm a professional hockey player and all this stuff. It's completely different. It is a God dream. You know it's a God dream, right? And so in this dream I dreamt, I don't know if I was in Waterton or where I was, but I just love Waterton. Who likes Waterton? Come on, if you haven't been to Waterton, you need to go. It is a gem in our nation, right? I love it. Um, I had this vision. Now, Waterton actually went through two or three years ago. They actually had fires come through, right? And so it was shut down, right? And uh, I mean massive fires. It burnt down their welcome center and everything. You couldn't go on most of the trails until this year. They've actually just started opening this stuff back up. But in my dream, I literally just saw this massive fire that was carrying through the land. And I felt like I just had glimpses of Waterton when I saw it. And I remember it was just so real, and I kept asking the Lord, what is this? What is going on? And I felt like I heard the Lord say that a revival is coming. A revival is coming to the land. And my initial response was, yes, souls are going to get saved because the evangelist in me gets excited about that. Because we got a lot of people in our word who are not serving the Lord. I want to see that change, amen? But I started to ask the Lord a little bit more about it. And he revealed it at one of our Friday morning prayers. He says, you actually didn't catch the full vision. He said, there's two fires coming. And I started praying, well, what do you mean there's two fires? And he said, the first fire that's coming is for the church. And it's a fire of purity. I want to come and I want to cleanse my church. Because in order for the second fire to come, the first one has to happen. The church has to be ready. The church has to be in a place where they're ready to love. The church actually has to care for the lost in a way that they've never cared for them before. And so I believe this, that there is a fire coming, and it is going to start with us. God is cleansing the church. God is taking us to that next place. He is doing something powerful. You know, and I had two people just come up to me and mention to me in the service that they felt like there's just something we needed to do. And so I don't know if this is going to come across as cheesy to you or not, but I want us to do one thing.
Okay, I want us to stand real quick. I know you've been standing a lot. I'm not going to keep you up for a long time. All right? But I feel it's a prophetic sign for all of us, a prophetic act, that each of us are willing to say this, I'm willing to actually jump in that fire. I'm willing to go in. It's scary. I don't want to do this. But I'm willing to say yes to the Lord. I'm willing to go in the fire because I know if he cleanses me and cleans me, something good's going to come of it, right? There's no question about that. So all we're going to do, because we're in, you know, the era of COVID-19 and all this stuff, I'm just going to get you to jump where you're at. It's a very simple thing. Now, for some of you, this might not be easy, but I'm going to just challenge you. Do what you can. For some of you young people, I already can see it in you. I can just see you guys going, oh, awesome. We get to do some action moves in church. Yes, you do. Right? So if you want to jump up to here, do it. Do whatever you need to do. There's no judging here, right? So on the count of three, all I want you to say, I'm jumping in the fire, right? And jump. Three, two, one. Jumping in the fire. Okay, I know some of you are going, that's just weird stuff, but I'm telling you, there's something about us actually taking action steps in this. So grab a seat. Thank you for indulging me. You can talk about me later on and say how silly he is. I'm not too concerned of it. Two quick things I want to touch on. Uh, Number one, there is a pastor who has just come on staff at Emmanuel Lutheran Church of Rosenthal. And uh, he was there 20-some years ago. And so I don't know if he's watching today or not. Uh, He comes in for two weeks. He goes home for two weeks. His name is Boyd Hopkins. He is our brother in the faith. We have worked with him for years in this community. And uh, I don't care about denominational titles at all. They're our brothers and our sisters. And so we're quickly just going to raise our hands if you feel comfortable with it. God, we pray for Boyd right now. We welcome him back to the community of Spruce Grove and Stony Plain. And Father God, we know for such a time as this, you have called him here, God. And so, God, we know you have gone before him and you come after him. And we pray that we would see a revitalization in the Emmanuel Lutheran Church, that, God, you would do something amazing and powerful, just like you did 24 years ago. We saw renewal in that church, and it changed our community. God, we pray for the next renewal to take place in Jesus' name, and bless that man, we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, I want to encourage uh, you guys as well to encourage Tareen Newman. I wish she was here. I'm telling you, man, like she is stepping into something new. She is going to be a different girl when this is all done. Because she is rubbing arms with the lost. She is rubbing arms with the community, right? She is going to their homes. She is bringing them food. She is doing stuff that is just loving our community in a special and a powerful way. And one of the things they all say is, this is the church. This is the church. Almost like they're surprised. That needs to end. They should not be surprised that the church are doing some of the basic things of loving and caring for our community. Now, she's doing a thing coming up. I'm just going to touch on it. She's doing, you've probably seen it on Facebook, uh, Community Kitchen, is it called? Community Table. Community Kitchen's you, right? I'm getting them all mixed up. Community Table is for our community. It's, it's something that people get to sign up for. They get a hot meal. It doesn't matter who they are. Right? We need to actually start promoting this and telling people, wherever you live, if there are people struggling, this is a free meal for them. In two days, she had over 35 people signed up. I don't know what she has now, but I'm telling her she better be ready for 150 and above. Okay? It is. It's powerful. Thank you for the one or two people who clapped. It's a powerful thing, all right? 
So we bless her, and I want you to pray for her because I'm telling you, we, we pray for the opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we are a gifted church when it comes to prayer. But I'm also telling you this, that when we are praying these things, God is unlocking doors in practical ways. And he's doing one right here at our church where opportunity is going to arise for the gospel of Jesus Christ to be shared and for people's lives to be changed. Because that's the very thing that changes everything. Do you believe that? I'm telling you, that's the thing that changes everything. Right? I know. Right? I got saved at 17. Changed everything in me. That is the thing that changes everything. When the gospel message comes. So we need to pray for more and more opportunities. God is going to give them to us just like he's doing right now. I believe it. It is pretty obvious we are living in a time when it's pretty hard out there. There's a lot of emotions. There is a lot of hardship. There are a lot of opinions. Does anybody have an opinion on any of this stuff? You can all put your hand up because you all do, right? We all have an opinion on all of this stuff. But let me tell you, in the midst of all the stuff that is going on right now, do you know who the key cog in all this is? The body of Christ. Us. We are a key cog in all this stuff that is taking place. That if we want to see peace, if we want to see transformation, if we want to see shift in our communities and with our governments, the body of Christ is the key part in this. That as we actually begin to shift ourselves and prepare ourselves before the Lord and come under his will, we are going to see things shift and change. You know, Mark's been talking about this for a few weeks He's been hitting on James 1. That's pretty powerful stuff. James 1, what is it? It's pretty much an opportunity for each and every one of us to look in the mirror. Right? All of us. Right? It's what we're talking about today. It's about the fire. It's about refining. Remember the song, Refiner's Fire? You know, we sang that one for years and years and years. Right? We know what the process is about. The refining fire of burning those impurities in us, bringing them to the surface. And dealing with them so we can be pure. Right? James 1 is all about that. The whole chapter is about us looking at ourselves and getting our hearts right with God. Because that is the first step. Getting our hearts right from God. Because we know the Lord has told us, in order for this stuff to change, right? They will know him by our love. Did you hear that? They will know him by our love. That's kind of an important thing to get in our hearts, right? The Word tells us that if we have a plank in our own eyes, stop looking in your brothers. How many of you have no sin here? Nathan was about to put his hand up, right? We need to talk a little later on, right? We all have stuff, agreed? Every single one of us. You all have an amount of truth, but there are errors in your life. There are. You know it. You have frustrations towards those areas. Right? Those hidden secret worlds that nobody else knows about. We all have the stuff. But God is in the process of saying, I want to align you, my body, with my will. Because I want to do some powerful things. And if you agree with that? He wants to do some powerful stuff. So I want to talk about three things today. So I want to chat about three things today. And one of the things I want to talk about is this. Is what is the main message of your heart right now? 
the main thoughts, the things that you are dwelling on the most right now. What is actually at the top of the list? That stuff that when you go to bed, you just can't stop thinking about it. You're driving to work, and it's still on your minds, right? It is eating you up. It doesn't matter where you are. There is something that you just can't get off your heart. And sometimes you share these messages, but a lot of times you are dwelling on them. What are those main messages that are dwelling in your heart? The second thing I want to hit is this. This is a little bit of a touchy one. Is what is the motive of our heart in the midst of the conflict? We need to talk about it. I mean, there's so much conflict out there. We see it everywhere in our world. We have to have the discussion, right? Where is our heart in the midst of conflict? And I'm not just talking about the church against the world. I'm talking about the church against the church. Because I'm going to tell you one thing I want to talk about today, and I want to hit on is this, is division. Because if there is one thing I am seeing on the rise, it's division. It's pretty obvious. Just look at the United States. Look at Canada. Right? We are seeing division. The last thing I want to talk about today is this, is how do we deal with others who think different than us? I don't have much to say on that. I'm just going to read you the scripture. Right? Because then you can't argue with me. Right? Because we all have our opinions on that one, too. I know it. So let's touch on this a little bit and see where we go. i got about 30-some minutes here. Well, I do want to know what's on our heart and what's on our mind. I've thought about this a lot. For some of you, it's this. Why can the Edmonton Oilers not win? How can they not beat the Chicago Blackhawks? This was a no-brainer. It was easy. Joel, I see it. Some of you, it's just like as soon as I said that, you're like, don't bring it up again. I just got over it. And it's true. My son, right, for four days, he said, I just had a headache for four days. You know, two, I think it was yesterday, the day before, he goes, I don't have a headache anymore. I'm like, well, it's because the Oilers are eliminated, and you don't have to worry about it anymore. He's like, it's true. <laughs> I mean, that's all he was thinking about. He's like, I've been dreaming about it every night. Why can't they get it together? Murray, you? No? Miranda, not a chance, right? Come on, who's telling the truth? How many of you, I mean, this is eating you up. At least it did. Tell the truth. Yeah, keep bringing the hands up. I know there's more, right? I mean, this is a real issue. I know I'm kind of joking about it. This is a real issue. I'm serious. I actually, I've told this church this before. I have fasted hockey for a year. Yes, because it took ownership of my heart. My wife had to talk to me about this because whenever the Oilers lost, I started treating her poorly. (laughs) I didn't know that. She told me that. I'm like, you're crazy. What are you talking about? Until the next Oiler game, and of course, they lost. And I realized there was something growing inside of my heart as the channel changer went flying right? And I'm like, what is this feeling? And Jen came in the room. I'm like, don't talk to me. And I caught myself. I'm like, she's right. This actually is starting to take ownership of my heart. I am dwelling on this so much. What am I doing? Right? And I I had some good counsel and someone said, you need to fast hockey because it owns you. I'm like, you're right. I do. So I did. 
It does not own me anymore. It doesn't. I got to be honest with you. I was a little frustrated with the Oilers, but I'm over it. Who's over it? Yes, who cares? There's always next year, right? Of course. You know, I mean, there's a tons of, ton of thing on our hearts. I was thinking about this because last week, I don't go on Facebook in a lot, but sometimes I do, and I like to see what people are talking about a little bit. And then I close it real quick because of all the arguing that I see on there and stuff. It's just me personally. And uh, I just saw the weather. And all of a sudden, the new topic was about, uh, you know, it was terrible how hot it was. I mean, we spend 355 days of the year begging for the heat. We get a heat wave that lasts all of what? Ten days? Seven days? I mean, why are we complaining about this? Seriously. Like, come on. I mean, it's taking up our mind and our conversation. I can't go to bed. I can't do this. I can't do that. This stinking, I mean, there are things that creep in and start to take up our mind time. Lots of it, right? I mean, here's another one. This is my kid again. I, I just think of my kid. It's food. All I can think about is food. I mean, every time we're at the dinner table, he's talking about dinner he had a night ago or two nights ago. You know, when he phones me, I know the question, right? It's not, hey, Dad, how are you? What are we eating tonight? Doesn't even say hi, right? It's, what are we eating tonight? It's food, you know? I don't know. Maybe this is stuff that's on our mind. I think about this, you know. There's good messages and bad messages. What if the food you're eating is terrible? What if your wife's a bad cook? My wife is not here today. So I can say some things. She's probably watching online. But there are messages you know this that get you in trouble too, right? That's one of them that gets me in trouble. My wife is a good cook, okay? But I'm going to tell you a story. She's a great cook. She's an amazing cook, right, Miranda? I think you were there on this day too. I can't remember. But years and years before I was married, my wife came to Rick and Della's house, and me and a friend were there, and she decided to make us some food right? She made us eggs. And so she made these eggs, and I think we were downstairs watching something, probably hockey. And she came down with the eggs, and she put them down, and she went upstairs to wash the dishes. And we looked at each other, and we looked at the eggs, and we looked at each other again. Like, do we eat them? And we're like, they're just like burnt. And so, I mean, we ate all of them, right? We went upstairs, and we said, man, those were great eggs. Thanks so much, right? It's the right thing to say, isn't it? right? The opposite gets you in a lot of trouble, right? So we say this and all that, and then I remember, you know, the week goes by, and I'm in Bible college at the time, and we decide to go to Jen's house for lunch. I was sure you were there. Mona was there, too. And uh, on our way over there, I, I drove with somebody else, and I was telling him, I said, you know what Jen did last week? I said, she was so cute. She tried to make me this meal and do all this stuff. She burnt the eggs, you know, it was terrible, but he said, it was so cute. I was actually, you know, saying something nice, you know, so we get to the house, and Jen says, yeah, I'm going to make lunch for all of us. And her first words were, yeah, just don't burn it like you burnt the eggs. I'm not going to tell you how that went, right? <laughs> but I learned something. There are certain things to not talk about because they can get you in a lot of trouble, and it can create a lot of tension, right? Sometimes, you know, maybe I need to back off of it, even though it's fully true because it can create a lot of tension, You know, so I do want to talk about this because, I mean, there are a lot of issues. And, Paul, you took a bit of a risk. No one wants to talk about this. We're like walking on eggshells around each other sometimes, right? I mean, there's a lot of hot topics right now, right? I I mean, social distancing, whether churches should be open or not. You know, hot topics, the political state of the United States and everything going on there. 
I mean, you better be careful who you're talking to, right? It can end fast, and it can end with, you know, a lot of anger, a lot of hurt. You know, the whole social distance. I got to tell you something. I don't really care about the social distancing, just to be honest. I've been social distancing my whole life, you know. <laughs> it's true. In more ways than one, because I know you guys know I'm a bit of a health, not a health freak, but germ-phobe. Yes, thanks, Teresa. You know, but you know I'm a hugger too, though. Come on, right? It's true. But it's a little different, right? My social distancing is different than yours. As soon as I tell somebody I'm a pastor, they all scatter, right? It's just the way it goes, right? Ah, 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 that's just not the unsaved. I go to events at your homes. It's like, when's he going to leave, right? You know? Come on. We need to be able to joke about this a bit. It's too tense. It's too crazy. What is actually at the top of your heart right now? Because I'm going to tell you something. One of the things that I have been challenged on is this. It's getting ugly. And it's not just the world and the Christians. It's Christians on Christians. It's tense. I'm serious. It's just tense. Man, I have friends I know in the United States right now who will not talk to other Christian brothers just because of their political views or whatever it is. Won't even look at them in the face. I mean, you want to talk about going against the word of God? You are called to love your enemies. Never mind your Christian brothers and sisters. I mean, there is a level here where we're entering into things that I'm telling you, you're playing with fire. Because there is one message that should always be on the top. I'm going to tell you, it's not social distancing. It's not the Edmonton Oilers. It's not all the political stuff. It's the message of Jesus Christ. We need to get something in our heart real quick because I'm going to tell you something. Right? We can talk about this stuff and we can argue about this stuff until we're black and blue, but you know it as well as I do. There is one thing that changes a man's heart. It's not your ability to win an argument. It's not how great your words are, how much you've researched your topic and you're positive about it. That's not what changes a heart. In fact, it's creating a divide. I mean, I'm seeing it in the churches. I've heard some of the words. I'm not even going to say them. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Is it really going to get to this level? And we're not actually seeing this? Sorry if I'm being too honest, but I feel like the enemy has a purpose and a plan. And let me tell you what it is. It's to conquer and divide. That is his plan. Let me tell you something else. It's not like the enemy woke up last month. He has been around forever. Same plan. Still, kill, destroy, conquer, divide. Divide, divide, divide. Get the church to a place where they don't even love the world anymore. Yeah, let's go a step further. Let's make sure they don't even love each other. I'm sorry, I'm not willing to go there. I am not going to that place no matter what because that's not what's going to change the world because I, I know this, right? You know this too. One message frees a man's heart. One message brings healing and reconciliation. One message unites. One other message destroys. One message transforms. One message fills a heart with love and breaks down walls of hate. One message removes bitterness, anger, and fear. 
And one turns the Sauls into Pauls. One! You can't argue me into the kingdom. My mom couldn't. Nobody from church could. Your arguments aren't going to win me over one way or the other. Your love is. The love of God is what changes everything. Everything. They will know him by our love. Now, love doesn't mean we, you know, throw the truth out. No one is saying that. Love doesn't mean we don't talk about this stuff. I am not saying that in any way or form. In fact, we need to talk about this. There are things we do need to do, right? No question about it. But the level of which it owns your heart, you need to watch that. Because if the message of the gospel, the very thing that transforms minds, you know what Trudeau needs? Salvation. He does not need your hatred. He's got enough of that one. The MLAs in our community, they do not need your hatred. They need your love. They need your prayer. Right? That's what they need. You want to see a community changed, pray for the hearts to change. In fact, be willing to walk with the very people you're judging to see those hearts get changed. Because if you're not willing to walk with them, uh-uh. Uh-uh. As Christians, we don't get to sit in the corner and do this. We have a responsibility to be the body of Christ, which is to love. Right? So, is this okay? Good, I'm glad, because I'm not stopping. Right? It's there. I just, I just feel it today, because I feel this. And I feel it's so strong that he wants to come. He wants to bring salvation. And I see us biting at these little hooks. And I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh. No more biting at the hooks. No more distractions. No more. I am not going to sit up all night and think about a mask. I, I'm so sorry if that's what you've gone through. But I'm going to tell you this. We need to pray because that needs to come off of your mind right? That is not going to change anything. It's a stupid mask, right? I know there's science in this. I agree with you. I don't want to wear one, but I don't really care about it. I don't care. I am not going to argue with the world about it because I know what changes them. That's what I'm going to fight for. That's what I'm going to argue for because this is what it comes down to now, right? What is the intent of your heart when you're delivering these messages? If it's to win an argument, that's your reward. Good for you. No offense. Because I'm, I'm preaching to myself right now. Because the Holy Spirit's the one who convicted me of this, and that's why I'm speaking this. Right? Because I've had to repent where the intent of my heart has been wrong. I've shared this story, I think, before here, but I remember years ago, I got in a fight with my wife. It was one of those intense ones. Anybody have one of those? None of you, right? Yeah, right. I mean, it was an intense one. I mean, when that argument ended, I remember walking in the kitchen. This is what I did. I said, Lord, you need to change her heart. She's so full of sin. 
Sorry, Jen. We've talked this through. We're good. I mean, what's wrong with her? You know, you're the God of the impossible. You can change these things. Change them. Change them. They're wrong. They're all... You've got to change her, God. You've got to get into her. You've got to speak to her. I mean, I prayed this out, and then I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me as clear as day. I cannot answer that prayer. What? It's all wrong, though. Your heart is not for your wife. Your heart is for yourself, your own comforts, what you like, what you want. It wasn't for her. Man, in these discussions, there's a heart for the people we're talking to. Do we care about these people? I don't care about winning an argument. I want their souls saved. I want them changed. I want them transformed. It changes everything. Everything. That's why I am here. Because my mind was transformed. Because I had an experience with Jesus Christ because the church said yes. And he's looking for the church to say yes. To make sure that the things we're fighting for are in the right order. Because we're going to have the opinion. I have mine too. You can ask me afterwards on all of them if you want. Okay. Yes, I'm sure some of you will. Here's the thing, man. We are supporting one of two things, unity or division. He's not into division. He hates it. He wants the unity of the body of Christ. Not at forsaking the truth. I'm not saying that in any way. Right? No way in form, so do not take that out of here. But he wants unity. You know, our hearts are so weird, like, me, Mark, I'm sure you're watching this, Pastor Mark. Everybody say, I love you, Pastor Mark. We love you. You know, me and Mark went to Tim Hortons, I think it was last week or the week before. You know, and we went to the one with the alternating, you know, cars that go in. You know that one? Right? So we get into the Timmy's, and, you know, we come to our side, and this other car pulls up. I'm pretty sure it was about a second after us. All right? And so we're alternating back and forth. Right? So the truck goes on that side, and then I start to go. But this car starts to creep up more and creep up more and creep up more. What did I do? Well, I crept up more, and I crept up more, and I crept up more. Right? And all of a sudden, I look in her window, and I see her, and she's doing this. Right? I mean, she's losing it. Right? Absolutely losing it. You know, I'm with Mark, remember, too, Mark. And I'm doing this. As I drive forward, right? And then there's Mark on the other side of me. It's alternating. Look at the sign. Alternate, right? We're both having this moment. And I say, I won. I got in front of her. Woo. And then the voice of the Holy Spirit speaks and says what? What's that? Well done. <laughs> yeah, he, didn't. he did not say well done. No, 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 no. He was pretty clear. He said, now I want you to buy her her meal. (laughs) 
I looked at Mark and I said, I feel like we should buy her meal. He's like, yeah, we should. Let's buy her her meal. And then we look at each other and we're like this, yeah, get mad at that, right? Because our hearts are so right, you know? But then after the fact, because I'm telling you, my heart was so wrong, but the Holy Spirit was the one to say, if you just listen and love, because I'm going to tell you something, it's hard to argue with love. We're so quick. Let's douse some more, you know, uh, gas on the fire. Yeah, why don't you try loving it and see what happens, right? Oh, God, help us with our hearts because our hearts are all over the map. I mean, listen to this, okay? I just want to read the scripture because I haven't read any yet. <laughs> so all my opinion, there you go. 1 Corinthians 1.10. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. Philippians 2.2, 2, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Psalms 133.1, behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. I mean, I read all this, and I said, how is this possible, God? I mean, just look around the room. We got a lot of different opinions. But this is what you want. And then I read Colossians 3.14. It says this. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. When we put on love, it isn't about winning the argument anymore. It's about seeing a heart change. It's about transformation. It's not about being right and wrong anymore. Let me tell you something. We know this. Our battle is not with people. For some reason, I feel like sometimes the church expects the world to think like Christians. You do realize who their source is, right? It's not going to happen. When the kingdom of darkness is your source, that's what's going to come out of it. This is the whole purpose of the gospel. I mean, let's read, let's read this one. Hold on. This is a good scripture. Luke 29.10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. That's his mission. Because that's the very thing that changes people. That's the thing that changes them. They need salvation. So God, show me. I'm feeling this in my heart right now. Right? Because just that hate we get towards all the stuff we see, the political stuff, this, that, and the other. And when we bite on that stuff and we join with hate, I'm sorry, nothing changes. Your heart motive is completely wrong. God, shift our heart where we actually love. Let's read scripture here. We all know this one, but we need to read it anyway. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. I mean, this is who our battle's against. 
Do you honestly think the world stands a chance without Jesus? I don't think so. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and the shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. This is a key verse to grab onto right now. Because here is really our posture. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. That's our weapon. Right there. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to what? Proclaim the mysteries of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's it right there, man. God, we need to start praying so our heart. If you don't like somebody, start to pray for them. I mean, you got a mother-in-law there that you're just struggling with, right? You got friends, you got someone at church right now. Maybe it's me. Start praying for me, then you'll start loving me. We need to shift our heart towards one another. It starts right here. Right? It has to. It starts right here. I want to read this. This is getting close to the end. Because the Word talks about how we're actually to deal with each other. So I'm just going to read this from the Word again. Proverbs 15.1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Colossians 4.6. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Proverbs 12, 18. I've shared this before. Listen to the imagery of this, this verse. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts. Right? But the tongue of the wise brings healing. Motive. It's all the motive of the heart. Not to win the argument. To bring healing. Restoration. Transformation. Salvation. The very thing that changes our land. Let's read a couple more. Uh, Galatians 5.26. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Ephesians 4.14. Unity in the body is the title. Then we will no longer be infants tossed about by the waves and carried around by every wind of teaching and by the clever cunning of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love. We will, in all things, grow up in Christ himself, who is the head. And here's one I want to leave you with. Psalms 141.3. May we all do this. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. How many of you want to see the world change? How many of you want to see the lost get saved? I mean, there is a model that is given to us. We need to love these people, man.
not forsaking truth, but love needs to be the motive of your heart. I'm going to challenge you right now. If it's not the motive of your heart, hold your tongue. It's not going to help anything. Right? I'm going to pray for you guys today. I'm going to pray for our city. I feel a conviction to pray for Justin Trudeau because I will be the first one to stand here and say the things that have come out of my mouth. They haven't been good. Man, I've spoken about other churches bad. I've spoken about my family members poorly. I'm sure I've spoken of you guys poorly and vice versa. I'm sure it's all happened. Or at least I've thought it. Right? God, God has convicted me. I'm a leader in this church. And he is saying it as clear as day. This isn't how we win this war. As right as you are, you might be completely wrong. So our heart is this. We want that fire to come. That fire of purity that cleanses our heart from within, exposes, as Pastor Mark has preached on in James, all those impurities. May they all rise to the surface so we can get them out of us and we can get as far away as possible from those things. And may this happen to all of us, that the love of God would take root in our heart in a way that it's never happened before. I've shared this with this church. Me and my dad have had a lot of issues. And I spent a lot of years, I would never have used the word hate. But God said something to me the other day. He said this, if you don't love, you know, you have this, well, I don't hate him, but I don't love him. I'm in the middle. (laughs) If you don't love him, actually, all of this is hate. All of it. It's one or the other. And I had to repent because I realized as much as I thought I, I, I have hate in my heart for him. I need that to change. I mean, when I started to shift my heart for my father, I saw things that I never saw before. Before, all I saw were his habits. I saw the anger. I saw things that happened when I was a kid. Words that were spoken. But when I got the heart of God, God actually gave me a glimpse of his journey. Gave me a glimpse of how the enemy has come against him. And I fell on my knees, and I feel it right now. All I had was compassion for him. My heart broke like a little kid. I've shared this journey with you guys a lot. You need to know something. Two weeks ago, I spent the whole week sanding a deck with my dad, who I spent the last 10 years not talking to. Because God said something to me, too. You got to love as well. So, Father, we just come before you. God, our heart's desire is that that fire would run through all of us. That it's not what I'm saying, it's what you want to say to each of us. God, that you would purify our hearts where there's stuff that needs to be laid down. 
may we lay it down, God. If there's parts of our hearts that we just know and we've struggled to do this, we, we continue to do it anyways. Because we know, God, that as we run this race, your, your will will be accomplished. Father, I pray for each person in this church today that you would touch them in a special way, that you would speak to their hearts. I pray for our visitors today, God, that you would speak to them in a way that you've never spoken before. I pray for each person in here who has a need, that you would meet that need. If they need healing, that you would bring healing. God, if it's finances, that you would bring finances. God, if it's those who have wounds and hurts because of other relationships, God, that today you would speak to them about what they can do, what's a step they can take. Father, what we want to do is align with your will, not our own. So, Father, we say this, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.